Hey podcast listeners, Dane Young here from UGASports.com. I'm doing a weekly segment on Clemson Sports Radio, 105.5 The Roar. If you're in that part of South Carolina and Clemson or Greenville, uh, they have a lot of dog fans in their area. And so Mickey Plyler, the host, reached out to me and said, do you want to come on and talk Georgia, talk SEC, talk a little Clemson, uh, whatever's happening. So uh, I'm doing that every Wednesday morning at 8.05. If you ever want to listen live from time to time, I'll throw a couple of these on the uh, podcast feed and let you check it out because it's content and content is king in our world. Uh, so here is my Wednesday, July 20th appearance with Mickey Plyler from 105.5 The Roar in Clemson, South Carolina. He's the host, so you're going to hear his voice first. Thanks for listening. To our guest lines now, where we visit with UGASports.com rival site, Dane Young from the University of Georgia. Good morning, Dane. How are you doing this morning? I'm well, Mickey. Excited to uh, make this a weekly thing. I'm glad our agents could get that negotiated. Well, you know, you, you held out for more money. I don't blame it. You're worth it. We didn't want to admit it at the time because it was leverage and negotiations, but I'm glad to have you back. Um, well, you know, I, I called Juan Soto and he gave me a talk. <laughs> so we'll yeah, poor Juan Soto. I can't believe he's just so so deprived through all that. Um, uh, we're going to do this every week throughout the season. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Before we start, tell us about the site, what you guys do. Uh, we're obviously familiar with, with Rivals.com here, but uh, tell us about what you guys do and how Georgia fans can get the best in coverage. Yeah, so it's UGASports.com. We're the uh, outlet that covers the Georgia Bulldogs for Rivals. Uh, particularly, I'm proud that within the last uh, two months, we've become the most popular YouTube site uh, that covers Georgia. So uh, we've passed some uh, competitors and I think we're up to 20, uh, 27,000 and something subscribers. So people can see a lot of content there from us for free. We're doing a series right now where we're running down Georgia's top players uh, based on PFF grades from last season. Uh, and, you know, right now, today, Georgia has Kirby Smart speaking uh, at SEC Media Days along with Stetson Bennett and Nolan Smith and Cedric Van Pran, the team center. Uh, so we'll have a lot of content from that. But, yeah, just overall – um, funny Twitter jokes, uh, father of two. I actually work at the University of Georgia as well at the journalism school, uh, Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communications. So uh, whatever you end up wanting to talk about, I feel like I can hang. I, I kind of talk for a living, so for better or worse for you, right? Well, no, better for sure, and, and it shows me better for it. I know Georgia fans are better when they subscribe and, and go by and check everything out. Uh, talking season, I'm old, man. I'm 54 years old. I've seen talking seasons, and I've seen them come and go. And Clark Lee probably did the best talking season yesterday with the what he said about Vanderbilt being the best program in the country, and everybody knows that. But with that said, what do you take from – or what, what do you want to hear today? The defending national champions take center stage at the SEC Media Days, like you mentioned. Um, any pressing stuff, anything that you need to hear, anything you want to hear from Kirby or from the players today? Well, I will add that Clark Lee had the line, but but Mike Leach was right there too. Yes. Sometimes it's better to have a smaller package. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That that, yeah. that in a vacuum, he actually had a point that he was making that was a good one about play calling. But uh, just just the fact that that lives in a vacuum is fine. As far as Georgia, you know, Kirby Smart is kind of from the Nick Saban school of how to handle these things, and he spoke at a Texas high school coach conference yesterday, and there were some stories that came out about it him saying just how stressful recruiting has been during the COVID era and how uh, taxing that's been on his coaching staff and how the work-life balance is all off kilter. And then he had some comments about NIL, about how it's imbalanced, that the most experienced and accomplished players don't get the share of the money. It's the younger guys that get it. And he didn't necessarily like how that's structured. 
Um, all to say, he didn't say any of that unintentionally. He, he wanted to set that narrative before he gets in front of the microphones at media days because he'd prefer to talk about those things. And I'm assuming he has his talking points and his script ready to go on that because, you know, he's going to be asked follow-up questions about it rather than what other people are going to be talking about, which is, um, you know, how do you bounce back? How do you lose all the guys on defense? Or, or maybe other NIL questions. Um, you know, I think what you want to hear from, from Kirby Smart is that there, there's still hunger in the team because the schedule's pretty darn easy for Georgia. And I think if you look at odds makers or whatever, Georgia should go undefeated in the regular season. And if you do that, then you're three games away from a repeat, but that likely means Alabama twice and maybe Ohio State once. Yeah, interesting um, that, that he said he, everything is calculated again. That is a Nick Saban thought for sure. Um, uh, recruiting, great news yesterday. You get uh, maybe the next Jordan Davis. Of course, that, it's not fair to anybody to have to be the next Jordan Davis, but a big pickup. Tell us about uh, about Jarrett selecting the Bulldogs. Yeah, Jamal Jarrett from North Carolina. Uh, he was pretty much down to Georgia and North Carolina, and then I think Auburn was in the mix a little bit as well. Uh, just another haul at defensive line for, for the Bulldogs. You know, they got Barry Alexander out of uh, Texas last year after he had been once been committed to Texas A&M. And really, that's where when Kirby Smart came into Georgia, he said, we have to, to fix the line of scrimmage. And Georgia's really done that on offensive and defensive line. Now, we'll tell you, offensive line recruiting has not been quite a stellar right now. And there's some worry about where Georgia kind of goes from, from this point because quite obvious that Sam Pittman hasn't been in Athens for two years based on the level of recruiting at offensive line. So, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, defense just keeps to be loading up because if you look at the quality of defensive linemen and the quality of inside linebackers specifically that have committed to Georgia, even over the past six weeks, you look at it and you say, they're just reloading there. And, and they just had a legendary NFL draft from those two positions. Uh, and, and they're at least going to bring the talent in to try to, to repeat that process. Kirby Smart, Trey Scott, Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp, they, they have that system down. Georgia has other concerns, but defensive front's not one of them. You mentioned offensive line. I, it, it reminds me. Look, you know, Clemson wins a couple national championships, and then they they go they win go ten and three, and everybody's in panic mode, like the the, the whole program's going down. I think you'll see it a little bit at Georgia too. That any anything that doesn't go perfect, then there's their fan base is is off of that. Now, so I'll ask you that to, to ask this: um, not getting Arts Manning, how big of a big deal was that? And then not getting Haynes, who's going to Alabama, the legacy, and I think a very surprising move there. Uh, should the Georgia fans who are on a little bit of a panic mode, is that, is that justified uh, in either of those cases uh, or on the offensive line kind of case, or is that just fans just, just expecting way too much all the time? Probably a bit of both, right? Usually the truth lies somewhere in the middle on that. I don't think the Arch Manning one – I, from the people I had talked to, Texas had been in the lead the whole time there. And that really came down to Steve Sarkeesian has a better record with quarterbacks than anybody at Georgia. And, and that's not a shot. Steve Sarkeesian has one of the best resumes you can have in coaching quarterbacks and getting to the pros. That's what the Manning family is looking for. Now, and I hope your, your listeners don't perceive me as the guy that comes on to talk Georgia football and then this is the guy that Georgia did not get. Because I, I was saying this beforehand. I don't know that Arch Manning is going to live up to the hype that he's gotten in recruiting where he's, you know, generational legendary talent. He, this is not Trevor Lawrence going to, to Texas. Uh, if anything, what I had heard someone that I talked to describe him as a taller Stetson Bennett, which is still a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I, that's not the short change Arch, but it, we, I got to see it before I, at the college level, uh, before I start putting him on, on the Trevor Lawrence train, which is like you get this guy and you're competing for the next three years. 
Um, and then, really, I thought the gut punch was just the Haynes. I mean, you're talking a legacy kid. His father uh, loves Georgia, uh, caught the legendary hobnail boot pass, as Larry Munson called it, 2001 against Tennessee, uh, when Georgia, with Mark Rick in his first year, upstart, upsets one of the best programs in the country in Knoxville. It's just a really legendary game for, for Georgia. And Justice Haynes has made headlines in the state since he was a freshman in high school. Del McGee does not often swing and miss. Uh, Del McGee, Georgia's running backs coach, he, he tends to get who he wants, and he's won a Justice Haynes for three years. It was a surprise to everyone, including Del McGee, including Kirby Smart, that Justice Haynes called um, and, and picked Alabama. In fact, we were even told it was a surprise to Nick Saban. Like, they were recruiting him hard, but they didn't think that he was going to select Alabama. So that one, I think, is a gut punch. I think that's hard for Georgia to accept. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Georgia's scrambling a little bit to replace what's going to be next in the running back room. That tends to work itself out for Georgia, but Justice Haynes is a really good football player, and I, I think he's one that you're going to look back in a few years and, and be like, yeah, that, that's one that should have been in Athens. That said, Georgia's eighth in Rivals.com rankings right now and headed for top five, top three, top two. Maybe top two is not good enough maybe at Georgia now, but uh, your overall thoughts about where this class will end up and where it's headed, I've got to imagine there's a lot of big names still out there that will jump in the boat. Yeah, it'll be in the top five range. They'll find another running back to, to get in there. The big question, you know, will they try to take a project quarterback with them not getting Arthur Manning? I mean, they put all of their eggs in that basket. But it's not the greatest quarterback class, at least my perception here. So I, I think Georgia probably ends up probably supplementing in the transfer portal next year uh, to get a quarterback in just because that room, if, if you had a guy transfer out, that's a minute. Uh, I don't think has another year of eligibility unless the, NCAA, the NCAA finds a way to get a guy in for a decade. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, we did an interview with Jake Fromm on our YouTube page last week. You know Stetson Bennett is older than Jake Fromm? What? Yeah. It's 100% fact. In fact, with the COVID year, Jake Fromm could have been the quarterback at Georgia with the national title last year, but he wasn't. Crazy, man. Crazy stuff. Where where are we uh, on the field now, going back to this team and getting ready for camp opening up in a couple of weeks? Uh, where are the biggest concerns? If you look at guard, they don't know who the starter is at either guard. They have some talent there, but none of them are going to be guys that you look at immediately and say, oh, that, that's definitely a future NFL top three-round pick. Uh, tackles and center are secure, uh, and I think they feel really good about those. Um you know, Stetson, as long as he doesn't make mistakes, if he plays like that in the fourth quarter against Alabama, then he's going to be shooting up Heisman odds, which I know sounds insane. Former walk-on quarterback, short guy, um, you know, kind of down and out and doesn't still doesn't get the respect. You see these lists of people, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, right, doesn't get respect. Uh, you see the list of, of top SEC quarterbacks, and a lot of people have him at like eighth or ninth. And I'm like, how are you putting some of these other guys? He did that on the biggest stage against Alabama, so – I'm a believer in what Stetson Bennett can do. Now I've seen him make the bonehead of plays too, so I guess fans are going to feel like they do. Um, other than that, I, you know, it's, it's like anybody else. It's, how do you plug in secondary pieces when you miss some guys? And Georgia's got some experience there, um, but it's trying to figure out who plugs in at, at what particular spot. Losing Lewis Seen is something that's going to hurt them because he was a, a first-round NFL talent and such a hard hitter. You have to have that aggression somewhere on the defense from the back end. They have some talent there. I don't know if it's quite his level yet. Uh, you mentioned before schedule. I mean, that's got to make you sleep a little easier at night if you're a Georgia fan. God, that schedule's so simple. The home schedule is actually a disservice to Georgia fans. 
if you look at it and you're like you're paying national champion i think they kept the ticket prices the same but you're you're paying whatever money and you get samford and kent state georgia tech tennessee auburn uh i think it's missouri maybe i mean that's that, that's that's barely an sec schedule at that point and and that's frustrating and maybe that gets fixed as the, the league gets better with texas and, and oklahoma coming and kind of the whole realignment stuff um but georgia should cruise to atlanta and now I'll say this, it's an uncomfortable spot to be a fan. And I've actually thought this about media people that cover Alabama that like, well, how do you keep making 45 to seven interesting? And maybe you had this experience with Clemson where it's like, you can't even really enjoy the wins anymore because the expectations are to such a degree that it kind of outweighs all the stories. And so I hope that doesn't happen with Georgia, but I kind of perceive it already is. Well, it is. It happened here at Clemson. Um, uh, I could just tell you, you know, for, for the fans and write about, you know, enjoy it while it happens because it won't, it won't be that way forever. But the second half, remember Saban in Alabama was offering incentives for students to stay in the, in the seats in the second half of games yep. and second half of games, blowouts. But hey, the good news for the, for the diehards like you and me and a lot of our listeners right now, the, the, the second team offensive guards and the, 13 wide receivers. I mean, heck, if you just to go watch the uh, how many tight ends can you play at Georgia in the second half of these blowout games and who gets the ball in the second half? There's a lot of a lot of that at going. So at least that's interesting to a certain extent. But you're right. Finding compelling games once you reach that level and, and the have and the have nots, uh, those will be few and far between. The other thing that happened here at Clemson is that on seasons where if you don't beat Ohio State, uh, Georgia or or Alabama, if you're Clemson, a couple of those years, like you didn't have a good season. Like Clemson went undefeated, uh, beat Ohio State, the best Ohio State team they ever had at the time, and then lost to maybe the best team in college football history at LSU. And their fans over here complaining that you lost the national championship game. But that, but that's where yeah, you are. That, like that's where your schedule is. That's where you are. Right? There's no there's no shame in losing that LSU team, but against anybody. And but yeah, that's that's where Georgia is. Where like the reason I guess the schedule looks that way is because of what we think Georgia is as a Titan right. uh, compared to the rest of the teams, especially in the SEC East. And it doesn't seem like Florida, Tennessee, may be making very small strides, but Florida seems to be a mess right now. And you look around the East, and you're like. Well, the most consistent team other than Georgia is Kentucky. And even as as physical of those games have been in the last years, it's never been in question that Kentucky no. was going to find a way to upset Georgia. Maybe they kept it close into the third quarter or something, but they're just on different ballparks right yeah. now. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hey, final minute, um, realignment stuff, future of the SEC. I know um, saying and doing are two different things. I know Grant of Rights on a lot out there. Uh, crystal ball uh, or big picture-wise, any of your thoughts about future realignment with the league? I do a weekly podcast, uh, and during the season we do a watch-along show where we watch Georgia games with former Georgia head coach Jim Donnan. So he was Georgia's head coach in the late 90s. Uh, he also coached Kirby Smart when he was here. Coach Donnan knows as many people in college football as anyone that I've ever met. He's got a mind for it. He's got a network for it. And on our show, this was about three weeks ago, he was uh, probably as bold and clear as anyone as I've seen talk about realignment in the SEC. And he said the four teams to expect in the SEC, Clemson being one of them, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina. And so uh, until I hear someone that has a history of better sourcing than that, I'm going to think that's where the SEC is looking, and I bet those conversations are ongoing. Uh, and time frame? Uh, that's, <laughs> that's a hard right? one. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think first they're trying to make sure they get Texas and Oklahoma in the league to maximize right. those media dollars. So 
Uh, that's currently scheduled for 2025. I bet you that potentially even gets moved up to next season for 2023. And, you know, some of that may be influenced by how soon UCLA and USC get into the Big Ten, which is going to be on the media dollars, and Apple TV gets involved. It gets all complicated with how many probably billions at this point are going to be moved around. Uh, I can tell you this, if at some point the SEC can uh, revamp a media contract by adding those four teams, uh, they'll they'll expedite it because money's not going to be a factor at that point. They'll be able to print it. Four less to go. Looking forward to it every single Wednesday. Looking forward to reviewing the media days and previewing camp coming up uh, next Wednesday. But be- between now and then, tell us, folks, how they can subscribe and what all's going up at, at uh, UGASports.com and uh, uh, UGA.rivals.com. Yeah, it's uh, either those that get you there, UGA.rivals.com or UGASports.com. Or if you search Georgia Bulldogs football on YouTube, you'll find your way to us. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Dane Young, D-A-Y-N-E-Y-O-U-N-G, kind of like the Heisman Trophy winner from Wisconsin in, what was that, 96? I was a kid then, so um, I don't know. I'm not trying to make you feel old, Mickey, but... I was I was about forty at that time, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I hey, I can't tell. We're kindred spirits on the air. No, just go check out our content at ugasports.com. We're really proud of what we do. We have a really uh, big, experienced team. Uh, we break as much news as anyone on the Georgia beat, which is a hard thing to do considering the level of access here compared to a place like Clemson. Well, uh, I know you look forward to uh, doing all that. You guys do a great job. I can't wait, man. Looking forward to to a uh, great relationship with you guys, and uh, we'll go there every single day like we always do. Yeah, much appreciated. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Dane. Dane Young from UGASports.com. We'll take a break. We'll come back.